I'm Trudy Kerr and welcome to The Interviewer. In this series, I talk to artists, campaigners, men and women of influence, musicians, performers, sportsmen and women, politicians, businessmen and women, and anyone who shapes the fabric of our society. Midwife and musician Karen Duff hit our screens in October 2018 on X Factor with a stunning rendition of the Bob Dylan version of Knocking on Heaven's Door, which proved very popular with the judges, especially Ira Losco. This blue-eyed redhead went on from strength to strength through the competition and has gone on to forge her own career beyond the TV show with her smouldering smile, striking style and stunning voice. The title of her recent release could not be more apt. Confidence is not just her single, confidence is what Karen oozes. Karen, welcome to the interviewer. I loved that introduction. Thank you. <laughs> How sweet. Did you like it? Yes, I love it. Oh, Thanks. fantastic. Well, listen, I'm so glad to have you on the show because, of course, you have just released this new single and also because we've been talking about interviewing for a very long time. So I'm thrilled that we could do this and we're doing this right at the right time. But I want to start off uh, with your audition at X Factor, first of all, because if you Google Karen, this is what comes up, obviously. Uh, and I'm not jo joking when you say that now you ooze confidence in your videos and your interviews and your stage performances. However, the very first time when you stood in front of Ray, Alex, Ira and Howard, you looked absolutely terrified. I was, it was, I don't know, it was the night, oh, I was really afraid of Howard, I think. Of, of Howard? Uh -huh. He's a big softy, isn't he? He is, actually. <laughs> but it was him that you were afraid of. But you had done an awful lot of music and videos and compilations and before. so on before that. Now, there are 44.5 thousand views of just that audition mm -hmm. from X Factor. Are any of that 44.5 thousand views you? Do you ever go back and watch that video? Not really. I think it's because I have a different style now and... It's like seeing a younger version of me and you feel you cringe sort of, but it's where you start from. So it's, uh, I think I do go once an hour, like once a year, maybe to see it. Once a year? Once a year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, a, there's not very many. Well, hang on a second. This is only three years ago. So you've only gone and looked at it three times. Exactly. Yes. But your family obviously would have had a, watched it and been with you and uh -huh. supported you through it. I actually watched that audition twice because I loved the way that you interacted. And I loved the response. And obviously Bob Dylan knocking on heaven's door. Uh -huh. What a track. If you do go back and look at it, now you just mentioned that your style has changed, but mm -hmm. what, do you, wh what do you take away from it? What is your learning from that experience? You know, it's like I, because obviously even when you do interviews and everything, you don't look at yourself. So it's nice to look at yourself. That audition was very intimate. Um, it's nice to see from time to time. So you say it's very intimate. Now, I always thought about this with X Factor as well. And mm -hmm. we'll move on to your other music in a minute. But I always thought about X Factor, that it was a little tiny bit unfair. Because in you go, standing in front of these four people, mm -hmm. and you've got this just this backing track, and there's just you and the vocals. There's nowhere to hide. You, what what you're afraid of, really, it's because you don't, you don't know what you're going to sound like, what the sound will sound like. Um, you don't. You won't know if it's too low, and you can't really hear it. And that, I think that's what it's the fear of the unknown, really. 
Now, this was one of the first, obviously, of its kind here in Malta. What prompted you to get involved in, in X Factor? No, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> love the question. Um, and I did expect her when I was really young. I had really no experience and I went to the UK. I just auditioned. How and do I not know this? I didn't get through, so I didn't really bother telling anyone. It was like I, I did the audition and you, I, I didn't even, I wasn't, it wasn't aired, you know. So I was like, we are now it's in Malta, so I might as well do it. Something that I've wanted to do. And uh, So how old were you when you went to the UK? How old was I? 15 years. So your interest in music and your involvement in performing mm -hmm. is dates back quite a long way. Yes. How I did that all start? I used to go to the girl guides and they used to do like these talent shows. And I used to love like a Christmas talent show and I was like, I want to sing, I want to sing. And I used to do like this, perform like Britney Spears and all these songs. And I was, I have a video and at home, it's like a home home video. And I'm like, nobody can see this. I was so young and it's so embarrassing and the outfits, <laughs> I, it's horrible. And uh, so I think that all started when I was eight and then when I was like 13, I started posting videos on YouTube. I was like, I want to do YouTube. I had this crappy camera. I had this crappy microphone. And I just, you know, I put the uh, like a karaoke thing on and I just recorded myself and I posted it. And I had very good feedback, you know, friends and family. And it's, it's like um, Maltese didn't used to do that in, in, in those days. Like just, you know, it's, it started... Uh, well, even the music industry didn't do it in those days. So we're talking uh, about when you were 15 or so, we're talking about right at the very beginning of being able to do this. Uh -huh, exactly. So it's, it was like something new, sort of, and, and uh, they're like, oh, what's this girl doing? So that's where it was started. And I loved the feedback, and I, oh, I've always loved performing and singing, and, you know. And I used to write my songs, like, you don't want to hear them now, Tom. I used to write my <laughs> songs... <laughs> I do. Karen, you can't say that because now I really do want to hear them. I don't even remember them. I think I'm like, I remember like writing songs and it, it was fun. It was, I don't know what young people do nowadays, but that's what I used to do. And I used to like have this camera and I used to sing and take music videos at home. And one of them is like from eight years ago. So it's still on YouTube. It's a cover of Wings by Birdie. So that's how I used to spend most of my time. I used to watch YouTube videos to do my makeup and, and everything. It's a whole thing. It was a whole thing. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to come back in a second to your music, your current music career and the rest of your life as well. But before we leave the topic of X Factor, even before X Factor, you were recording music, as we said, as we've just discovered. And for instance, you were recording with a dear friend of the interviewer, Toby Faruja. But looking back three years to X Factor, you've had that time to build your career and move on. You don't watch the video very often, but you, of course, you went right the way through. What do you take away from this now? Is there anything in your music career now that was shaped by that experience that shaped you as an artist? Yes, I think I learned that Howard said once said to me, he's like, if you don't believe in yourself, like how how will somebody else believe in you? And that it really struck, like it really made sense. And I'm like, he's right. 
you know? And uh, I think from the whole experience, that's what I got out of it. That and that shows. Uh, and that really shows. Hopefully not. I mean, no, that <laughs> super shows. We're going to come to that in a minute. But before we come there, mm-hmm. again, because I'm taking a real tour around Karen Duff today, um, you mentioned right at the start of that X Factor that mm-hmm. you were training to be a mad- midwife. And in December 2019, you qualified as mm-hmm. a, a midwife. And let's talk about that a second for a second because... First of all, I know nothing about babies. I mean, not even a smidge. But what led you to be a midwife? And is it what you hoped it would be? Forget the pandemic for mm-hmm. a second, because you've obviously had things very tough. You've yes. just qualified as a midwife and, and then boom. Bam. I know. <laughs> but, but what led you to be a midwife? It's funny, really. Like, I don't like a desk job. I like being on the move. Um, I get very irritated not doing it. You, you can see me moving around all the time. I, I try. It's just, it's not You're for me. You're a bit me. of a fidgeter. Uh-huh. And um, so I like being on the move. I love helping people. It's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. So when I was young, I was always like this softy, you know. And this midwife came and did like a talk. And she's like, you know, it's nice to be a midwife. And I'm like, you know, it's nice to be a midwife. I think I'll just do that then. And... Uh, I don't know, like, when it, even when you think about, when I used to think about, like, money doesn't interest me. Like, I didn't want to do, like, accounts or marketing, and I just wanted to be a midwife. That's I, fantastic. <laughs> but, okay, so you've decided that you want to be a midwife. You mm-hmm. want decided that you want to work with ladies that are giving birth. Right. There's a hundred reasons why I wouldn't want to do that, because that must be quite gruesome at times. It's something normal for me now. Like, it's not, I don't find it gross. I, I don't find... I love it. I I don't know how to do. I, there's nothing else I, that I know how to do apart from singing and 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 this, you know. Um, but so is it what you expected to, it to be? Where you've decided as a kid that you want to be a midwife because someone came and gave you a talk. Uh-huh. So the actual reality, as we said, forget the COVID. But the actual reality of being a midwife is it what you dreamed of? Uh, it is a bit. As in. I didn't think that there would be a lot of blood and all this. Oh, obviously, there is because you're having a baby. Emma, I don't know. When I was younger, I didn't really think about it. But now it is. It's the feeling that I, w- I thought I will have. I do have it every time. I, That's I, I amazing. That's nice. absolutely amazing. But listen, if you had to choose between being a midwife and a musician, mm. which one would win? I think I would want to be a musician, a singer, and live that life, obviously. Um, It's not that I don't like being a midwife, but that's the dream. That's my dream. That's what I want to do, you know, on a daily basis, every day. Well, we're going to come to your dream in a second. How currently, though, bearing in mind that you're a full-time midwife, and you're also a musician. How do you fit both of those in? <laughs> People keep asking me this question. I don't know. I'm a very busy person. My calendar is a nightmare. Um, <laughs> I meet my friends once in a while, so I'm literally always on the go. It's very tiring. I'm always tired. I could have the like Post Malone tattoo on my face because literally I'm always tired. Um but I enjoy it, you know. I think they're both different. So when you're at hospital, you get tired, and then I, I, I go for my gig, and then you're f- full of energy again, and then at the end of the gig, I'm just, I need to sleep now, you know. Um, they work very well together because they're very different. I was going to say, there's, there's very little correlation between the mm-hmm. two. That's why they work. 
I They're think opposite. So let's talk about for a second. Let's talk about your style because we mentioned this before. You mentioned that you never go back and watch your X Factor, <laughs> your X Factor audition, and your face just then said it all. But discounting collaborations with Toby, Dave Junior, Kurt Kalea for a moment, see little games versus confidence, which is the new single, have a very different sound style so for anybody who doesn't know you and not familiar with you what is Karen Duff's style what direction have you settled on what's your inspiration if you could say that's me as an artist mm -hmm. when you're an artist you're always trying to discover yourself so I think that's what I was doing um I love all the songs I did um, especially it's a little game I wrote that with Luke Grack it's still an empowering song it's a different song than confidence you know but the style that I love and I imagine myself and it's I love R&B music I've been listening to R&B music since I was young and uh, that's what I really want to do and that's the artist I, I picture myself to be this is a very funny question because um, uh, like I love pop music as well and I love R&B so I wouldn't mind doing both it's like sometimes you feel like listening and performing a pop song sometimes if you like performing an R&B so nowadays you can mix everything up fair enough <laughs> confidence though is definitely down R&B the R&B route yes. massively down the R&B route how has it been received how how is R&B received in Malta I don't think as in I know a lot of people who listen to R&B in Malta but I don't think that it's supported as much as pop is so it's very difficult and that's what I was doing wrong before not wrong ma you know I wanted to do pop music because that's what we do here and and I was putting R&B like on the side like I kept thinking it's not going to work but one day I woke up and I'm like like this is who I am you know this is what I love doing so I need I I just stopped doing things and 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 writing music for people. I wanted to write music for myself as well. So because if you write music for yourself out of your experiences and everything, that's how you connect with people. So who would you see as an R&B artist that you not necessarily aspire to but someone that you listen to and someone that motivates you? I love listening to Drake and Rihanna, J Cole, Chris Brown. Um, so I love listening to that kind of music. I even listen to Nicki Minaj, Cardi B. But do you then think that, for instance, the the radio scene here, which is where singles get played, does that support R&B? Is there, is there a, a big enough presence? Mm, not every radio station will play your song because it's actually R&B. I knew that will happen. I didn't really care, to be honest. Like... <laughs> As in, it's nice to be supported and that people play your, play your music on, on their station and everything, but, you know, if they don't want to do it, they don't, they don't want to play it, what can I do? But it's who I am, it's what I do, it's my music. You cannot force people to listen to, to what you... It's true, but listen, in a recent interview, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about your style now. In a recent interview, Amber stated that to be a successful musician these days you have to be discovered before you're 18 and you have to have the entire package including the social media following you have over 6,000 followers on Facebook you have over 15,000 followers on Instagram 
you just said, do you agree with, with Amber in that statement? It helps. Um, so it helps to be discovered young and people will invest in you more. And it's something I used to panic about when I was younger. And I'm like, I'm getting older, I'm getting older. No, I'm still young. It's not fair that somebody makes me feel this way. And, but the music industry does make you feel that you need to, to stay young. But people were discovered even when they were like 35, 40. So that's what really motivated me. Uh, but I the do social agree. media does play an, an essential part. And what I've seen you do is really play those socials because even before confidence came out you know you're building up to that you can see that there's a how on earth (laughs) do you find time for that on top of midwifery and music my life is a nightmare (laughs) no i'm joking i love doing everything so that's how i find the time for everything i have i plan ahead and i have a really strict schedule and, and calendar and uh, like I need to go to the gym and I need to do the Instagram and I need to take photos and I need to do, go to work and I need to spend time with my boyfriend and I need to spend time with my family and when do you sleep Karen? <laughs> I do sleep actually a lot quite a lot if you speak to my family they're like she's always sleeping her because I just <laughs> when I have time I just sleep an hour or two and I get back to work but even when you went to Greece on holiday mm-hmm. And that looked like you had a really good mm-hmm. time. But you're still stunning on the socials. You're still pushing it. Now, I know that this is a different generation to me. Yes. I grew up when there weren't even mobile phones that long. There weren't mm-hmm. even computers when I was, uh, you know, growing up, So, which was actually was really cool. But there certainly wasn't any social media. Mm-hmm. Do, do you feel pressure for social media or is yes. it something that you just love doing? I love doing it. It's tiring sometimes. It's tiring because you have to keep interacting with people and sometimes you just can't be bothered doing anything and you want to stay in your room and just sleep and just like go away, you know. And uh, so it's very tiring even to go on holiday. I need to plan ahead. I need to make sure that during that week I'm posting because you cannot stop doing certain things because people want to know what you're doing all the time. It's what we do as humans, even me, when it comes to other people, I'm like, what are they doing? What's she doing? What's she doing? You know, even when you're there on holiday, you'd be like, oh, where's this? I want to go. I want to do this. And you ask and it's people love to interact. It's what we do on a daily basis. So um, while I was on holiday in Greece, I took outfits to like, we planned where we were going and I'm like, there I need to take like that outfit so everything everything I have a really supportive boyfriend you have no idea <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there listening to this and I'm going holy cow you have everything. a supportive boyfriend yes. but also you have a, a schedule so let me ask you about the the social media in the context of your music career because you have 15,000 followers on Instagram which puts you in the influencer category way, way up there is your role on Instagram to be an influencer or is it to promote your music? I think both. I think when you're an artist, you do both. I hate the word influencer because so every everyone is an influencer. It's if if you have one thousand followers and if you have fifteen thousand followers, my mom is an influencer. She influences me, my sister, my brother. You know, everyone is an influencer. Karen, I absolutely <laughs> love you. That I is the first it. time I've heard anyone say that, and I think it's the best thing I've ever he- heard anyone say about being an influencer. So back to your question, 
if my Instagram is for influencing people and I promote my music, but I love fashion, so I promote what I like, not promote, I show what I wear and sometimes I have bad days, so I'm like, it's not today, I have a bad day and I'm not feeling it, so I'm like, this is all normal, so I think we live in a world where people keep portraying stuff as their life is perfect and everything's perfect and you have to look a certain way and I make sure that when I have spots on my face, I post, I still post on that day because everybody has spots. And when I'm down, I post and I post a lot of quotes and I promote and support like mental health. And I think we're living a really, uh, every, everybody's so busy trying to keep up with their life that that's why even when it comes to social media, we are, we feel this pressure, everyone. And uh, you know, sometimes you get really upset and sad and you don't know where, where it's all coming from and you feel like you're the only one that's feeling all this and you see other people, they're very happy online and you're like, this, I, there's something, I'm doing something wrong. But you're just living like everyone is doing, just not everybody posts all this stuff, you know? And I think it's very important. I think some of the, the women that I follow and have chosen to follow who I've really appreciated the most, yourself included, is women who are honest mm -hmm. about their lives there's some great influencers for want of a better better word who have millions of followers mm -hmm. who just you know they're, they're beautiful women who will photograph their cellulite and say this is the reality of life and this conversation keeps coming up over and over again on this show and also the show with empowered that we need to do more of that exactly we need to be more real and i I think that's, that is a great indication of awareness from, from yourself. Mm -hmm. However, let's go back to your look and your image a little bit because, again, the confidence, okay. the song confidence is all about confidence. And if you look at you, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going back to <laughs> X Factor and, and where you were and where you are now, the transition is phenomenal. Absolutely ama look amazing and you have that R&B look and you carry it off really, really well. Thank you. That must be a lot of hard work though to, to create and maintain. Where did that come from? Where, where did your sort of move come from? You know, it's, I think it's very easy. It's what I wear boy clothes if I want to wear boy clothes you know whatever I want I wear what I stopped doing is wearing what other people will think of me so life became very easy fashion became very easy my attitude my what whatever I say is just I it's I'm being who I want to be and if people don't like it you know it's not my problem well let me ask you again where does that come from because that's not normal for musicians and or in brackets influences I was struggling at one point and I'm like, I was very overwhelmed with the attention I got after X Factor and it's very overwhelming. And I, I just stopped doing everything and I just worried about what people were thinking and I'm like, what am I doing to myself? I consider myself and so many people are, we are very lucky. Like there are so many people going through so, so many things, you know, and I'm, I'm just throwing myself away. I, I'm a midwife and I can sing and I have this talent and... and I can be nice to people and, and, you know, I have everything going for me. Like, I used to worry that if you don't have money and whatever, you will never be, you, you will never achieve what you want to achieve. But you achieve what you want to achieve by being yourself, just using your mind and your time very well. That's why what Howard had told me stuck with me. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then you're screwed, basically. <laughs> So I, I like that. You're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> We're going to talk in a minute about your ultimate 
goal and your big ambition. And I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to think about that. But before we get there, I always like asking this question to artists because being in Malta, in even in Howard's words, in the podcast I just with ha- had with him, is a double-edged sword. You can be great and a big fish in a small pond but you're limited. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on being an artist in Malta? Is it good for you? Is it bad? Do you feel limited or do you feel like you, you have everything that you want? Because we're a small island, um, people are very like, like what I was saying before, like you're worried what other people will think of you. And this limits us a lot. Even when it comes to style and everything, people worry about what other people will think because we're such a small country and everybody knows everybody. And uh, you're like, no, I'm not going to wear this because they will think this. And so you're limiting yourself every time when you do this. We don't have as many opportunities as you have if you're in the UK, for example. So, okay, my final question to you then. Mm -hmm. Because I've already asked you if you had to choose between midwifery and music. If there was a, you know, if you had to make a decision, you choose music. That's where your heart is. That's where you've come from. What would be the big ambition? What would be Karen Duff's ultimate goal? So my ultimate goal, I think, would be to start focusing on, like, having, setting out an album and an EP. You start with an EP and you do an album and then hang, you start... Hang on a second, hang on a second. Ira Losco said that you would be delivering an album before you delivered a baby. She got uh, it around the wrong way, right? Yes. <laughs> but this is, the, this is the big ambition for, the, for the, the album. It's hard work, you know. You need time and you need money. So I think that's the dream. And then when you... I would love to go, obviously, international. It's every artist's dream that people, everybody knows you. And you know, it's not about the fame. It's about the connecting, the connection with people, you know, um, from different, from everywhere, from the entire world. Um, so I think that's the dream. And the, as I, I've said this on Expression, I'm like, my dream is to, like, start touring. And I have this, like, tour bus and with my name on it. And, you know, I think it's every artist's dream. Why not? You know, think big. Absolutely. (laughs) Listen, Karen, I really am cheering you on. You are absolutely wonderful and a a very talented artist. And just in that short period of time, and I would encourage everybody to to go and watch that video with the 44.5 thousand views because it's a great way of seeing how far you've come in such a short period of time and oozing this confidence on your brand new single, Confidence. So a massive congratulations. You're making me blush. (laughs) Thank you, I really, really appreciate it. You have no idea.